we first saw the clones in the movie episode to attack the clones, they had a very white, very clean look. Some of their commanders would have stripes on them, denoting different ranks, but basically it was a very black and white outfit. In Revenge of the Sith, you got a bunch of different customizations, not just related to rank, but more related to what type of trooper were they. Prepare the gunships for ground assault. Yes, sir. Go, go, go! When you get to the idea of customization, that's where another new idea comes in with our clones, which is these guys are a lot more individual than you think. Cover me! And as you make the clones more individual, you should hopefully, as an audience, care about them more. I'm hit! I can't shake them! We've got to hold out! Where's the general? I don't know, sir! So we've created a lot of characters in these clones. We've given them a lot of character. You will worry about these guys when they're on that battlefield because they aren't just soulless guys that all look the same. They're unique, and now they're on the front line, and now they might die, and we don't want that to happen. I don't like this place. It gives me the creeps. Welcome to episode number 344 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. We're talking about clones. We're talking about the story of the clones, the tragedy of the clones. We're talking about episodes 7 and 8 of The Bad Batch Season 2, which if you haven't watched those episodes, the day this episode comes out is the day those episodes came out. Stop. Stop right now. Go watch episode seven and eight of Bad Batch season two. Come back because we're going to be going in depth on on those amazing episodes. Yeah. Attack of the Clones year may be over, but the clones are still here and they're still attacking. And they attacked us pretty good with these episodes. Man, these episodes, like, it, it's a huge point in the story of the clones. These two episodes. Yeah, because it's it's one of the fun things with Bad Batch of we're not just getting stories about the Bad Batch. We're also getting stories about things we didn't even know we needed or wanted stories about and kind of explaining and showing what happens to the clones and how the stormtroopers become the main thing and the clones kind of disappear. We got like little glimpses in Rebels when they found uh, Rex and Gregor and Wolf. And we kind of knew at some point, you know, the clones 
kind of fizzled away, phased out, and then they got replaced with stormtroopers. But now here, kind of actually getting that story, it's pretty cool. And the fact that these also kind of bring Bad Batch definitely back into feeling like a Clone Wars episode and also kind of feeling a little bit like Andor. It's kind of like what we were saying in our, our previous Bad Batch episode when we talked about the first three, that this is the Bad Batch like just not messing around, like not even being subtle that we're talking about veterans and the way veterans have been treated and the machinations of Palpatine and his lies and believing lies and the damage that that does especially in government it's just like watching this and it's like man bad batch you are not messing around you know and yeah it's more andorish where it is just not being mysterious in any way shape or form with what here's what we're saying it's just right out there which is great i love it and This really is the turning point in the season from this point on in Bad Batch season two. It's it's almost a different show than it was in the first half. Like we we had lots of fun with Faster and Entombed and Great Heaven Gungi back or Gungi. I don't know, (laughs) but it's kind of like from here on out. It's a different show. Well, and it's neat the way that with Seven they take a break from bad batch and pretty much do a hundred percent clone wars episode. The bad batch isn't even in it and, and showing how serious things are in the universe overall. And then bringing that back to the bad batch and them kind of trying to figure out, you know, what are they doing? What should they be doing? What are they doing about Omega and having like the seriousness of the, of the galaxy at, large kind of now finally affecting them with what happens with echo and what happens with Rex coming back. And it's like, they can't avoid deciding if they're going to be part of helping everyone or they're going to just, you know, run away and hide. And it's like, it's everything's kind of colliding at this point and yeah, setting up kind of where the season's going to keep going from here. It's so good. We are going to be talking all about those two episodes coming up, but it's all connected. It's all about the clones. So let's, before we get into all of that stuff, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars and clones in general. Like, get When the title attack of the clones came out, it's strange to think about, but it's like our only knowledge of clones. We, we didn't even have any knowledge of clones. All we knew was... From A New Hope. You know, you fought in the Clone Wars? That's all we knew. So what did you think when the title Attack of the Clones came out? Like, was like, I remember it was like, what does that even mean? I just remember I was so excited and pumped up. Because I think The Phantom Menace I always thought was a good title. But at first it was like, I kind of had to absorb it and think about it. But with Attack of the Clones, I was like, okay. There's no subtlety here. George Lucas is 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 on fire, and it's like this movie is about clones and clones attacking, and it's just it's a big outrageous title for a big outrageous movie. It wasn't holding back the idea that the clones are going to be important going forward. Yeah, I remember like late night Denny's conversations in the '90s of like people talking about their theories on what the prequels were going to be, and 
armies of Jedi fighting Mandalorian super commandos and stuff and always kind of being like, well, what about the Clone Wars? Like Obi-Wan fought in the Clone Wars and it's like maybe the, the you know, Mand- maybe the commandos are all clones and probably somebody would have said somewhere, what if they're all clones of Boba Fett? And probably everyone would have been like, you're crazy. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. That'll never happen. Well, and the other fun thing back then, too, was the marketing always showed the clones with Dooku and with kind of implying that they maybe they weren't the good guys. And that, in a way, was kind of, you know, the Empire Strikes Back twist in Attack of the Clones was the clones are attacking, but they're attacking the bad guys because the clones are the good guys and and seeing a a, someone with a lightsaber walking with a bunch of troops in white armor is actually oh these are the good guys they fight with the jedi that's not what i was expecting but i mean you've always had a very special love for the clones though i think it's just i yeah for some reason i just i love that attack of the clones original armor look with the fin and the and the boba fett visor i just i don't know i've always liked that design and thought it was really cool and i thought it was cool that because they're clones that they they did make them all computer generated like i was like okay that's a that's a neat idea why not but it was like i think at that time and this you know ties in with bad batch too of like did we know that the clones would eventually get replaced with not clone stormtroopers i think in 2002 we didn't we weren't sure if maybe the original stormtroopers were still clones because that was you know ever since the movies came out where, you know, are the stormtroopers clones? Are the stormtroopers robots? Are they just regular people? Like we, we don't know. We, all we know is their armor can come off. The only people who know what they look like under the armor, I guess is, is where Luke and Han and they weren't talking about it. No. And I remember I was trying to find it and maybe somebody listening can find this, but I remember there was like a, the back of a Hasbro card. I swear it was a stormtrooper card. It was like a 90s stormtrooper card that, talked about clones that like the stormtroopers were not clones or something like that because i remember being at toys r us and reading the back of this card being like what this is brand new knowledge to me because clones have always kind of been like before attack of the clones before 2002 a weird mysterious thing kind of in star wars history like we said obi-wan mentioned the clone wars no one knew what that meant or what the clones were. And even going back, like the idea of the Clone Wars and clones has been around in Star Wars actually since like 1975. What in George Lucas's third draft in the meeting between Obi-Wan and Luke in the desert, Luke tells Ben Kenobi that he knows the diary of the Clone Wars by heart. And Luke then tells him that he's the son of Anakin Starkiller. But even going back to 75, it still doesn't tell us what any of that means. (laughs) And then by the time we get to, they're getting ready to do The Empire Strikes Back. They're working on the development of the character of Lando, who back then was called Lando Kadar. And in the Rinsler Making of Empire book, there's Lucas talking about him with Lando Kadar that maybe he could look human, but not really be human. He's probably a clone. We talked earlier about the Clone Wars. The princess doesn't trust him because of that. Leia might refer to him in a derogatory way. If we set him up as a clone, 
maybe one of the other episodes we can have him run into a clan of them and they'll all be exactly like him. We won't go into the whole mythology of where they came from or whether or not the clones are good and bad. We'll assume they're slightly weird in their own way and partly responsible for the war. We'll assume that on one of these planets of clones, there are many countries, like 700 countries, and he's from one of the ruling clone clans. Okay. Yeah, just George Lucas sitting around thinking about clones, as he should be. Even in that crazy Lando Kadar is a clone, he's saying in there we don't know if they're good or bad, but they're responsible for the Clone War. That's kind of how it ended up until the Clone Wars cartoon in 2009. Because even with the movies, we didn't really know what to think about them, if they were good or bad. Yeah, and weirdly, there's very, very little about the making of Attack of the Clones. At what point did George Lucas decide, um, we're going to bring in clones, we're going to set up the Clone War, and the clones are going to be all clones of Jango Fett? He talked about a little bit in the commentary that, like, oh, Boba Fett would have been too old in the original trilogy to make that all work. I wanted to establish one that, since it's only been 10 years since the last movie and this movie, that we have growth acceleration so we can get these clones to be 20 years old. They're old enough to be soldiers. And that I wanted to tell this little story of Boba Fett, you know, that there was a relationship between stormtroopers and Boba. But ultimately, Boba would have been too old, so I made him Boba's father, which was the clone that started the stormtroopers. The only thing you can kind of find is in the the prequel archives book. There's a quote from Ian McKegg next to some of his concept illustrations for Camino. The clones are treated by the water creatures in a way that's dehumanizing, much the way we sometimes treat animals. Which is kind of true. And also, that's kind of the empire, which is a neat thing to think about that the way the Kaminoans treat the clones, especially in Attack of the Clones and even going into Clone Wars, it's yeah, it's the Empire. Like people aren't shouldn't be human. They should just be servants of either the Empire or the the Kaminoans are like, we own you, we created you. Yeah, I mean, they're still they're a product to them. They're experiments and yeah, they they make them and sell. I mean, there's they're human slaves. And you know, that's another thing that even these episodes get into too is like it's not just veterans rights it's like are there these are you know people that don't have any rights and aren't aren't seen as equal people to other people as well so it's you know again not being subtle about these things that happen in the world that are horrible and people don't want to talk about and you know kind of seeing it through omega's eyes too of as a child of like realizing that the world's kind of a mess well, and yeah, in these episodes, like like Chuchi trying to stand up for the the voice of people that do not have voices, like the clones aren't even allowed to be in the Senate to speak for themselves. You know, the the whole dehumanizing and you're not actually a real person. I mean, that whole stuff, that whole kind of idea, even goes back again to we mention it all the time. Thx one one three eight, which there's also stuff in the prequel archives book of. A lot of the, the people designing Camino were talking about THX one three eight. I mean, how could they not with like the stark whiteness of Tapioca Pudding City? You know, it's like an Andor thing. Was it intentional? Was it not intentional? Because it's kind of the same thing. 
And then, yeah, like you said, really, the next big step was the Clone Wars animated show, the Filoni one. We had a hint of it in Revenge of the Sith, where the clones were starting to develop a bit more individuality and have different kind of armor. But it was really the show that really brought that to the front. Yeah, and that was one of the unexpected things in the animated series was, you know, going into it, I don't think I imagined that that's the kind of stories we would get with the clones. It's like, oh yeah, there's going to be clone troopers and they're going to be, you know, fighting battles and stuff, but the idea of them taking off their helmets and becoming distinct characters even though on the surface they look like the same person that they're actually they're human beings and they and they develop differences and become unique people. And that, you know, it's one of the major Star Wars food groups of teachers and students, master and apprentices. And another huge Star Wars major food group, Purpose. Again, with also in Bad Batch episodes 7 and 8, what is the purpose of the clones? Like now that the, the clone war is over, what is our purpose? What is the clone trooper version of peace and purpose? But that's what we're learning here in these episodes. You know, the, the fascinating history of the clone troopers from good guys to maybe in episode three seen as bad guys to good guys again now well and and ultimately being the biggest tragedy of this era of really the prequels into the original trilogy of all these people created to be warriors and created to be the good guys who against their will become the bad guys and then kind of just get thrown out and it just you know, keeps getting sadder and sadder for them. And you think of the last year in all the crazy amounts of Star Wars content that we got last year, you think of that we saw, you know, Tem is the old clone in Kenobi. And then there was all the stuff on the Jedi Temple with the clone troopers in Kenobi. And then we saw clone troopers just being nasty in Andor. And in, uh, Book of Boba in Grogu's flashback. I mean, yeah, it's the back and forth feelings on the clone troopers and just their very important role in this very important time in Star Wars history. And the fact that like these episodes of the Bad Batch are really showing, yeah, this next chapter in the story of the clones, this tragic, tragic story. Oh, it's so good. It was it's surprising. Like when when I first watched episode seven, the clone conspiracy, it was it was like, yes, I, this is the story like we've always wanted, but also, oh no, because this is so sad. This is so tragic. said, I want you to give these guys tattoos. I want them to dye their hair. Uh, Rex, you know, he's got his bleach blonde, really cut close hair, and some other guys got interesting scars. I always took that as the Jedi are affecting these guys. The Jedi who are independent, free-thinking leaders, they wouldn't just take this army and say, you're all the same, you're just a bunch of stormtroopers.
Okay, yeah, here we go. Let's start talking about the episodes here. Let's get into all the chunky bits. Let's start number seven here, the clone conspiracy. Like, yeah, like we said, really, this is an episode of the Clone Wars. This is Clone Wars season eight. Yeah, Clone Wars. Someone slipped a Clone Wars episode in the middle of Bad Batch. Well, we start out at the Clone Bar, which the Clone Bar was in... The last season of Clone Wars was that in? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. They, in one of the yeah, one of the last couple seasons they were there, so we're back there. Yeah, this whole episode two is like is very much like a political thriller kind of thing, and kind of goes all in on that that type of a story. We meet these two clones, Slip and Cade, and they're talking about that goofball ramparts lie about Camino and the fact that like they couldn't talk about it and Cade lets it out that he sent a message to Rampart telling him to tell the truth before Cade exposes him that Camino was not dis- destroyed in a weather storm <laughs> who is believing that <laughs> well I love later on they even like bring that up where it's like the city was made to was to 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 work underwater. Like, how does the storm take that out? <laughs> like, this is such a bad lie. Every time he saw Camino, there was like lightning, there was wind, and they're like riding around on whales and stuff, like just not sweating it. They're like, this is just the way it goes here on Camino. So they go outside, and immediately Cade is assassinated. Which nobody wants Cade to talk about the truth. And then what? Yeah, then we cut to the Senate. Well, you know what? And even before we get into the Senate, we got to talk about that. We're back on Coruscant. And Coruscant in animation looks so good. There's just little hints of how things changed where whenever you see like the the beautiful skyline shots, there's Star Destroyer ships floating in the sky and you know little hints of things aren't the way they used to be but yeah man being back in Coruscant is great and then yeah getting back to the senate in the end of the glory days of the senate but all the all the greatest hits superstars start showing up yeah, well, there's like an old Poggle the lesser like Poggle the older old lady alien comes out and then this blew my mind where the senator Pamlo, Palmlo comes out, and I'm like, is that from Rogue One? Is that the same from Rogue One? You look it up, it's the same. It might, I, we haven't had time to look though. It might even be the same voice actress. It sure as heck sounds like it. But yeah, that is the same character from Rogue One, which is awesome. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? What chance do we have? The question is, what choice? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power, and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. Yeah, we get her from Rogue One. Yeah, there's the the alien from the banking clan. Bail Organa shows up. I like animated Bail Organa because it, it's Phil Lamar's doing the voice, who was, I think we finally realized, was the secret BJ Hughes who did the weird Jar Jar voice. And now whenever I hear his bail voice, it kind of sounds like the bootleg Jar Jar voice. So it's it just makes it all the more exciting whenever bail's on. And then what, Rio Chuchi comes out straight out of Clone Wars. For all the true believers of the Clone Wars, here's Senator Chuchi. 
yeah, Chuchi's there, and then what? Goofball Rampart comes out and is like, we need to get rid of the clones. We need real troops. We need to, uh, what? People need help against the growing insurgents across the galaxy. Were you watching this part being just like, where's where's Mon Mothma? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like, And where is Mon Mothma? You know she's got something, something important going on. Perrin was in trouble again. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get a, a Mothma episode in season three. I don't know. It'll be Perrin, Davos, and Master Codebreaker on Canto Bite. Yeah. Just, they got in trouble. Mon Mothma had to go to Canto Bite to bail them all out of jail. And she's like, I missed the defense recruitment bill. The whole thing because of you three idiots. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love all this stuff because they, they're they talking about the, the clone. They straight up say the clones need to be decommissioned. They're, they're talking about you're talking about discarding them, leaving them with nothing. Was it Chuchi is like, what do you know about their needs? And again, I'm watching it. And yeah, it's it's veterans. It's everyone in government that doesn't have a voice. And you've got people that know nothing about them or who they are trying to speak for them. You know, people that live on Coruscant. Like we saw in Andor, like pretty comfortably, like just floating around in their pods, trying to talk about like, what are we going to do for these people that are really hard on their luck? Well, we'll give them this and they should be fine or we'll do nothing. They'll figure it out. It's not messing around. And it's, I think watching Andor and the Senate parts in those episodes just makes the Senate parts in these Bad Batch episodes even stronger. Yeah, because they're the same thing, right? I mean, it's all the same story, and it really is just we're getting different views of the same. It's the same Senate. It's the same senators. It's the same pods. It's the same. It's all the same. It's just they happen to be animated sometimes and live action other times. So with Chuchi being awesome, she goes to the clone bar, which does the clone bar have a name? I think there's like it's probably outside the building. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just numbers. It's like bar 66. What? That's not even funny. <laughs> so Chuchi goes to the bar to hear their needs. And they, they don't even know like what they want. But I like Chuchi saying to them, like, guys, like, what happens when you're too old to fight? And they're just like, that's not something we're trained for. Yeah. It's like, I think about that all the time. What am I do when I'm too old? But I love Chuchi kind of talking sense to the clones of being because I like the clones even saying, like, we should be out there fighting those insurgents across the galaxy. And they when they say that, I'm like, no, no, those are those are your friends, really, clones like. But they're so kind of lost, like they are still in that we are made for one purpose to fight. And then again, that talks. It's the, the Star Wars major food group purpose what is their purpose and you've got someone like chuchi kind of saying to them like your purpose is not the war anymore the war is gone so what are you gonna do it's like we said it's the thing of like the clones going back and forth good guys bad guys where now it's like this next level of clone trooper good guys instead of fighting the war for this made up Palpatine lie. It's like they're fighting a different war for themselves of standing up for themselves and their, their rights. Yeah. Well, and some of it's probably just them 
because we we saw that in the episode with Crosshair in the third episode of them starting to realize what they did with Order 66 too and like having these memories of doing something they don't know why they did it and they know that it wasn't right but they're good people deep down and they yeah they want to do what's right and this is a way to do what's right again is to to tell the truth of what happened so slip tells chuchi the truth because he was there and goofball rampart ordered them to fire on camino he used them just like they were used for order 66 and then what Slip calls on someone for help. We don't know who it is. And Chuchi confronts that goofball rampart. And then Chuchi gets a, a secret visit from Bale. He gives his support. And I love the line, curious how speaking out for what's right causes a stir. Yeah, Palpatine doesn't like that stuff. You know, in a line like that, someone could say that about every, you know, today. I love it because it's Star Wars just kind of putting those little not so subtle little jabs in there. Well, and the other thing with this episode is we're introduced to kind of another a, a new mystery in the season is who is the sniper? Like it's is it Crosshair? No, it's not Crosshair. It's some new spooky sniper guy, and he shows up as a hologram talking to Rampart, and he's got kind of a gravelly voice. He's like, "Are are these?" proto death troopers or something they're starting to get the voice a little bit and he's now still looking for slip and now he's going after chuchi as well which i think in the beginning i think we're supposed to think that it's crosshair because we haven't seen crosshair in like a few episodes now and it's like oh yeah it's crosshair but no it's like no wait that's not crosshair that's somebody else who's a really good sniper so Slip then meets with Chuchi. She wants him to testify. He lets her know the thing that the evidence that she's looking for is on Goofball Rampart's ship. And then Slip is killed by the bounty hunter, who actually is working for Rampart. Then finally enter Captain Rex. He saves the day. They figure out that this mysterious bounty hunter sniper person actually is a clone. Well, and before that, I thought it was it was cute that they go they got to go hide in the lower levels on Coruscant, so they go hang out in the Martez sisters' garage because they're busy. They're off somewhere else, so they let Rex use their garage. I was thinking about that when because I didn't want to believe that it was the Martez sisters, but yeah, it it's totally the Martez sisters' garage. So wonderful! It's super funny because it's almost like. It gave them an excuse. Like, it's like they were going to reuse the set anyway. And instead of like pretending like it was a new place, they're like, no, we'll just have Rex. So, yeah, yeah, it looks like the Martez sisters' garage because it is the Martez sisters' garage. I love Super Mysterious uh, Bounty Hunter clone guy. Before he kills himself, he says, You're fighting the wrong battle. And then they're like, So, what does that make you a believer? Doesn't Crosshair say something similar to that at some point, either last season, too? Because that was like watching this episode the second time, it was kind of like it made me think of Crosshair and and kind of the idea when Crosshair, like when we found out he didn't have a chip anymore and like he just believed in the he just believed in the orders. He like believed in the mission kind of a thing. And it's almost like, are these guys brainwashed or like have a chip or are they literally just, yeah, like true believers and they've kind of like Crosshair realized that there's some of the clones are just, I don't know. Forget the Empire. This isn't you. 
It's your inhibitor chip. We can help you. Wrong. I had my chip removed. A long time ago. Since when? Does it matter? Yes. This is who I am. It made me think of Mandalorian Season 2 and one of our favorite episodes of Mandalorian Season 2, The Believer, the, the wonderful Rick Famuyiwa episode, all about that same kind of thing of, you know, the Empire, the Mandalorians, it's all what you believe. And where does it get you in the end? Hey, I'm just a realist. I'm a survivor, just like you. Let's get one thing straight. You and I are nothing alike. I don't know, seems to me like your rules start to change when you get desperate. I mean, look at you. You said you couldn't take your helmet off and now you got a stormtrooper one on, so what's the rule? Is it that you can't take off your Mando helmet or you can't show your face? Because there is a difference. Look, I'm just saying, we're all the same. Everybody's got their lines they don't cross until things get messy. You know, and that, again, it's going back to purpose, like this whole thing going on. And, you know, it was in Book of Boba Fett. It was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's here in the Bad Batch. And believing that you have something that you really need to be doing, that you that someone believes defines them when actually you don't need to be doing that. You know? Yeah. Because this clone that kills himself, he he's probably like a crosshair kind of clone. Where he thinks, you know, serving the Empire is what he should be doing. And that the Empire is great. And they're going to take care of us clones and stuff. Because look at me. I've got important stuff to do. And, they, you know, they don't care. Yeah, I don't think it's a mistake that you're led to believe it's Crosshair at the beginning. And he's a sniper. And he acts like Crosshair. and But it's not Crosshair, right? Like, that's that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> so that kind of takes us to episode eight, Truth and Consequences, where we catch up with the Bad Batch once again. And I love Omega meditating, kind of what she learned from Gunji, Gungi, however you want to say it. Nice tender moment in the beginning there with Echo saying he doesn't want to be alone, which if you're listening to this, you've already watched the end of this episode and it's even more heartbreaking this scene in the beginning with echo when you watch it for the second time well also too if you remember the episode he's talking about too where he was like where he says he said he had enough time alone and it's like oh yeah he was in rough shape before the bad <laughs> batch episodes too so we'll get we'll get to that later it's it's hard to talk about folks but so they get the call from Captain Rex. He wants them to come to Coruscant and come get the command log out of Goofball Rampart Shipyard. I, lo- I love this whole subplot in this episode of Omega hanging out with Chuchi in the Senate, walking around the halls of the Imperial Senate. But again, it goes with this, this overall thing that's been going on in the, the first half of the season here with Omega and Fee in Entombed. Omega and Gungi, Gungi in Tribe, and now in this, Omega and Chuchi, where Omega is kind of getting all these like 
different influences from outside the Bad Batch, where it's something we talked about in our episode on the, the, the first three episodes of Bad Batch, where they're training Omega kind of as a clone, as they were trained. But Omega in all these episodes is the one actually kind of making things happen. She's the the one kind of leading the batch and the direction that they need to go into. But it's like we said in the first three episodes, you know, parents, the bad batch. It's It's a very similar thing on how we kind of think like with raising children. Well, this is what it was like for me when I grew up. So my kid will probably go through something similar and it's something you quickly learn as a parent that your life is not your child's life. And the, the things you went through are not the way you learned about stuff is not the way your child is going to learn about stuff. And you can't expect what your experience was to be your child's experience. And it's, I don't know, it's a very cool thing that the bad batch is kind of saying here with, with Omega. Well, and it's also the thing that kids learn from, they learn from everywhere and they learn from, other adults and other people as much as they learn from their parents and, and Omega is now learning about the world from all these different people. And she's learning about fun stuff like treasure hunting, but she's also learning about serious stuff about like how the tro- clones are being treated and how they don't have rights and about the Senate and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'm learning from other kids. Like she learned how to meditate from a little Wookiee Jedi. <laughs> right. Right. Which is not something the bad batch would be doing. But I love how they like talk to Goofball Rampart in the hallway, and he doesn't even recognize, didn't even know Omega. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. The fun thing is like no one knows what Omega looks like other than Nala Say. So it's like she can just walk around, and no one thinks twice that you know this is the the missing clone child from Camino everybody wants. Also, did Omega meet Mon Mothma somewhere in the hallway? They are too good at making this stuff and knowing what they're doing for Mon Mothma and not being there to not be something that they thought about and that there's some good reason for it that we'll probably find out at some point. So, no, I don't think she met her in the hallway because I think Mon Mothma is off doing something important. So, Chuchi meets with Senator Butoni, Bertoni from Camino. Yeah, this, man, when this part happened, this was like more super... Clone Wars, just craziness of like, it was like, well, of course they're going to bring her back. Like, why wouldn't they? And it almost, it was so crazy to the point where I was like, did they plan this like way back when she was in Clone Wars? Or like someday we're going to need another Kaminoan on Coruscant for the future. And we're just going to have her waiting in the wings. Because, yeah, that was just like, oh, man, I can't believe they brought her back. And I love that she doesn't even, at first, like she's acting like she doesn't even care about what happened on Kamino. It's like Lama, Lama Sue was arrogant, diverted these funds and stuff. We're getting into crazy prequel talk about like where the money went and all this stuff. And yeah, remember, she is from like one of the craziest episodes too, right? Because that's the one where Padme's uncle, the Rodian, gets poisoned by his assistant or whatever. And they think it's the Kaminoan lady that did it, right? Am I remembering that episode right? It's that crazy one. I think that, that episode's insane. That episode has a lot of Mon Mothma too, and it's it's bonkers. Yeah. So the Bad Batch, they get to the ship. There's a big shoot. Lots of shootouts that happen. There's like ships approaching. Oh, there's a whole bunch of action towards the second half of this episode. Well, and the thing that it didn't even sink in until almost the end of the episode, too, is like this is a Bad Batch Rex team-up adventure, too. Like 
there's like so much craziness happening. You don't even think about the fact that it's like, man, it's all the clones are back together here. They finally, they give the files to Omega and Omega gives them to Chuchi. So meanwhile, at the Senate, Chuchi reveals the truth that Rampart was responsible and Tapioca Pudding City was intentionally eliminated. Omega gives Bale the hologram evidence and they everybody watch Rampart's ship blowing it all up. Everybody's watching it. People are shocked. And then literally the party siren goes off. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you're distracted because it's like it's it's another like Andor moment where they have like the biggest hologram you've ever seen, and it's basically showing the end of season one on this giant hologram in the middle of the Senate. And yeah, I didn't even realize what was going on at first. It's like, wait, why 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 are there alarms? What what's what's even happening? <laughs> like, and then up out of the floor, real slowly comes Palpatine with Masamita and I let he goes right through the hologram straight up Ian McDermott voice just going to town on this whole thing and, and the music is it's super intense and spooky as he's coming out of the floor and then yeah he basically gives gives his speech agreeing that yeah it's Rampart he's a jerk we always hated him it's so Palpatine. Yeah, because he's like, this is this is Rampart. He's got his own agenda, but it's a lie on top of a lie. He's using the lie to cover up his lie and make his lie better. And he's like, Rampart's guilty. And guess what? So are all the clones. They were following his orders. And now's the time for a new army, a new era heralded by the Imperial Stormtrooper. And you're just like, Palpatine, I hate you, but you're kind of a crazy genius. This oh, this episode ended so well because yeah, it was like you're kind of you got lulled into like okay, this is just, this is like another Clone Wars episode. This is so cool. Oh, they got it. They they're gonna win. And then yeah, basically Palpatine just shows up and outsmarts everyone, and you're just like you feel dumb thinking that they were gonna win. It's like man, they told the truth, and Palpatine used it to his advantage and the fate of all the clones like the tragedy of the clones again was put in place by palpatine well with help from the bad batch yeah yeah which this episode is so shocking because it's like you're rooting for the bad batch yeah and like you said the bad backs and rex are teaming up and you got all this action in the shipyard and it's fun and it's cool and yeah go race and get them the the proof and then it's like, no, because of that, you made everything worse. Everything is worse. And now the clones are just as kind of tr- viewed as traitors and outlaws as the Jedi were. Palpatine's using the same trick and everyone is just so happy to have, you know, a scapegoat for their problems. They're like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll follow for the same trick again. <laughs> it worked last time. It's going to work again this time. And it does. Yeah. They're just like, okay. Yeah, we got to get rid of these clones. We can't trust them. We need new new troopers that we can trust. Right, ones that aren't clones. And there's that, like, then we go, yeah, with that heartbreaking scene kind of outside the ship where it's just like, the clones are kind of like, this is our fault. It's so 
tragic. I mean, you know, it's like Sky Talkers always say, Star Wars is tragedy. And this is like maybe one of the most tragic moments in like Star Wars history because what are all those clones going to do? Like, what are those clones hanging out at the clone bar that were like, we want to just fight. We are, we're brothers and stuff. They're all screwed. Well, and you feel extra sad for Omega, too, because she's just heartbroken because she's like, she even says, she's like, we told the truth and it didn't matter and it made it worse. And like, you know, she's just learning about these things and trying so hard to do what's right and realizing that just because you did what's right doesn't mean that it's going to work or it's going to matter. And we haven't even got to the Echo stuff yet. And she's already heartbroken. <laughs> and what, you know, and that is almost a comment on like modern day society, too. Like it's heartbreaking as it can be to like pay attention to the news nowadays, where it's like people trying to tell the truth and trying to stand up for what's right that, you know, they're getting ignored. It's Bad Batch is not messing around. Bad Batch is the tough love show. <laughs> Yeah, and then when you're already feeling blue and like, boy, I thought I thought I was having fun watching Bad Batch, but this is a total bummer. Then Echo is leaving the Batch to go off on missions with Rex. I mean, it makes sense because like we were saying in the beginning, like Echo, I mean, Echo was not one of the Bad Batch. He, you know, they they rescued him, but Echo is leaving the group. You know, you watch it for the first time and you're like, wait, what? You just joined them last season. You can't go already. And it's so heartbreaking. It's like the end of E.T. or something where he's like, I'm going where I'm needed. And Omega like, well, we need you too. No, she hugs him. But it's, you know, it's, it's again, it's purpose. And it's the other Star Wars major food group family. Well, and it also seems like it's the thing where everyone else in the Bad Batch can't make up their mind and and echoes tired of waiting for them to make up their mind and and at some point somebody has to do something and and hopefully his decision helps them realize that they they need to use their powers for good and and help their brothers and and help people and not just run away and hide all the people earlier this season like oh this episode's just filler this doesn't have anything to do with anything and it's like no they were at some race, even though that episode was super fun, where people are getting just randomly shot in the audience and stuff. And everyone could have died with the, the riot racing. And then, you know, even with Entombed, it's like it's just furthering the point home that's like we can't keep working for Sid. And you go to Coruscant and things are real. The plight of the clones is horrible. What are we doing like as the Bad Batch, we cannot keep doing these dangerous missions for Sid, who we can't even trust her to begin with, where we're putting the life of this child in jeopardy. It ends then with Omega sitting alone on the ship, looking at her doll, just hor- just heartbreaking. She says, yes, sir, with, with tears in her eyes. So sad. When people might say, too, like, how, you know, well, what about Crosshair? Where's Crosshair? Where's Poochie? And don't worry, more crosshair stuff is coming. But what happens in these two episodes, you couldn't get to the rest of the crosshair stuff without these episodes. Well, and like I was saying earlier, too, it's like we have the ghost of crosshair in here with the clone assassin. It's like that's the ghost of crosshair's future right there. Like that's the only place left for him to go is to be such a true believer that 
he's going to take the suicide pill and, you know, he's becomes a droid at that point. Right. Like we're seeing crosshair through that character. And it's like, we haven't forgotten about him. The show hasn't forgotten about him. And if anything with echo going off, it's like, you think about crosshair even more like, you know, where it's crosshair going to do because he's still part of the batch too. Right. Like that, that hasn't changed either, even though he isn't ready to come back with them. So now two of the group is gone. When it's like the the good soldiers follow orders thing, it's like what that used to mean has been shattered at this point. But they're still good soldiers, but they're following kind of their own orders now. And I think that is kind of the direction where we go from here on out. But yeah, is and now like after having these episodes, is the clone story in Star Wars that started with George Lucas in 1975 that Luke Starkiller had the history of the Clone Wars comic book memorized in his head. This, you know, clones, that sounds fun. I don't know, whatever, I don't get it. Or it was almost the the post-Return of the Jedi toy line with Atha Prime, too, was like that could have been what clones became. And, and, you know, when we never would have gotten these stories because they would have been the action figure story from 1986 or whatever. So... Oh, so good. So good. Atha Prime. Look up uh, the episode we did on that. I think it was in 2020. I think it was yeah in the, the hard times. We did the whole episode on the the post Return of the Jedi toy line with the, the clone soldiers, whatever it was. But like, we're so lucky that all of those kind of detours of what are the Clone Wars didn't happen so that, you know, we got introduced to them in the prequels so that the clone wars cartoon could come out and now all these years later it's like we've gotten so many just great stories about these characters who on the surface are just all the same person but they're not and i i think of the way that bad batch season two episodes seven and eight they in a way, they remind me of the the tragedy of fives in the beginning of Clone Wars season six, where that also was a very tragic clone trooper centric story. But I can't imagine that the story of the clones and where they go, I can't imagine that this is the way it ends. I mean, of course, we'll have more with the Bad Batch and Omega and Crosshair as the season goes on. But hopefully if we get a Bad Batch Season 3, I would have to imagine that we'll drop back in on where these random clones, like the clones that were hanging out at the bar, where they go next. Because I I can't see leaving them in such a sad state. Because, again, Star Wars is all about family. And the, the clone troopers are brothers. They are one giant family. That one kind of aspect who knows, could be the kind of the light in this kind of right now is a very dark story. Yeah, at least we know things turn out pretty good for Rex. <laughs> at least one of them makes it makes it out okay. Yeah, we see them in Rebels, but yeah, where is everybody else? I don't know. Yeah, and the only other thing we had again was Obi-Wan Kenobi with the the clone on the street begging for money. So who knows? Maybe it is a tragic story. And I think like the moral of the story here is that all the way back in 2002 when we met those clone troopers and the hungry clone eating his lunch in the Camino cafeteria and stuff. Never, ever, ever, ever would, I don't think anyone 
thought, maybe George Lucas, maybe Dave Filoni, that we would love the clone troopers so much in 2023 to the point where it's like you're watching, you're like, no, no clones. This is too tragic. I can't handle this. <laughs> no, George Lucas was telling the truth when he warned us about the clones attacking and that scene in the movie of the clone eating was foreshadowing us eating clone stories for the rest of our lives and loving every bite. So he was he was warning us in 2002. We didn't listen. Fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Since that, one simple sentence. Fans have on different levels been obsessed about thinking, what was the Clone Wars? This idea of doing a animated TV series was intriguing to me because it really did allow me to broaden the, the, the canvas of what Star Wars is about. This is Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. Last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. get done listening to this if you listen on something apple please 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 go over there and write something nice about the show about this episode about whatever write something nice about the lunch you had today if it was really good let us know that it helps more people find blast points when they're looking for star wars podcasts on apple we love reading your reviews and if you listen on spotify leave us a five-star review over there so same things can happen over there on the spotify and make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're a member of our Super Chill group. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we got the Blast Points Army on Patreon. Just last weekend, we had our Double Up episode talking about Entombed and Tribe. If you want even more Bad Batch that's the place to go in the very near future. We will have Mandalorian Season 3 
commentaries where we'll be going even more in depth about every single second of Mandalorian season three. It's going to be bad batch recaps all the way till the end over there on the Patreon and whew, busy times here. There's a lot going on, but that about wraps up number 344 talking about clones, the tragedy of the clones, bad batch seven and eight. Such good episodes. Before you know it, it's next week, and there's another good one. Well, and we will be back next week with another brand new episode. So, until then, everyone, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. on all the social medias twister twister my my, my favorite program twister on we're on anything yeah yeah kids you might not be ready for twister it's it's the hot stuff may the force be with